welcome to 30 Days of Hope. Thank you so much for joining us. So pull up that couch, get the spouse, get the roommates, and just have that nice glass of coffee to truly just enjoy this wonderful dose of hope. So today I am so excited. I've got a brand new friend with me, Ryan Louie. And so just a little bit about his background. He's a pastor in Vancouver, Canada, so our neighbors to the north author of Being is Greater Than Doing, and founder of an incredible site that's ready to launch called Alive Not Alone. So welcome so much to the show. Hey, Colleen. Good to have you. Uh, good to be with you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. Definitely. So you're just looking at all the different things that you're at. I would say that you're busy. <laughs> Plus yeah. doing the doctorate full time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm on vacation right now because just there was so much going on and I needed a break. Um, so, but I mean, thankfully, at least in my program, uh, the summer is off. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now I'm just kind of focusing on this, this website, this blog uh, that I want to start and feel kind of called to, uh, which will probably be my doctorate project. Okay. Um, so I'm just thinking, why don't I just get a head start? Yeah. On yeah. Use the use the time wisely. We have yeah. we have a little little room here. Yeah. And you're and so you're studying your doctorate of ministry right now. And mm -hmm. what's your emphasis? So uh, I'm doing a doctorate of ministry in spiritual formation and leadership. So there are for those of you who don't know, there are different tracks or emphasis uh, emphases, and I'm doing formation and leadership in the church uh, setting. So the question that they begin in the program is what is your greatest challenge in ministry? And right off the top of my head, I go, well, singleness, like relationships, yeah. both I'm single. So personally for me, but also a lot of the people that I walk with most of our church, I think is about 33, 35. And so we have half that are, families married couples and then half that are that are single mm -hmm. and one thing that really just i'll always remember is uh have you read jonathan grant's book divine sex yes yeah yeah so in the beginning it just in uh, the rest of the book is too hard and too smart for me to fully understand but in the beginning of the book he just says this really simple thing mm -hmm. think about all the single people in your church and uh, lists out all the struggles that they have. Mm -hmm. And then on a scale of one to five, rank uh, how much they struggle with it. Mm -hmm. um, on a scale of one to five, how often they struggle with it. And then on a scale of one to five, how much does the church help them in that? Mm -hmm. And then he just says, well, I don't think we need to actually do this survey to guess that for single people, it's gonna be relationships that yeah. it's a five, they think about it all the time, five, it's uh, causes the most stress, pulls them, you know, either for like away from God and from community, has the most impact on them. And then one, in terms of the church doesn't really talk about it at all. And so uh, I feel like, you know, I need to not I'm the, the only one, but I, I, I feel like I need to think about this more and, and do something yeah, that's uh, great. about it. And, and really be part of the solution. I, I can definitely relate to that. So being, so 33, 
single, and self-actualized single, which is really difficult for the church to understand. Yeah. Um, because I think for such a long time, it's it's the church, instead of being very focused upon Christ, upon calling, upon individual purpose, it's more about conform conformity and group expectation. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not meeting the stages that they want you to be at, it's just difficult to know how to minister to you, how to actually relate to you. Yeah. What are some struggles that you found within the church yourself personally that you really want to help them really bridge the gap and, and help them really overcome that? I think um, the big one that off the top of my head is, is friendship and mm -hmm. community. And, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, Aristotle said, I think it was Aristotle said that like friendship is mutual benefit calm um shared affection and then like common goal mm. and then we look at the bible and we see ecclesia as the church like the called out right ecclesia so the out the called this this group of people called out together we see koinonia as like a business partnership meaning business partnership mm. and so there's all these words that have been used about community and friendship, which I think allude or, or point to this common mission. Um, and so when I think about the church and, and, and wanting us to be like a very welcoming community, which I think we should be, I think what it makes it hard for, for, for disciples of Jesus, single disciples of Jesus, wanting to follow Jesus to then find really meaningful friendships um, because it's hard to find people that share that same calling, that same struggle and go, okay, we're in this together. Yeah. Like, let's follow Jesus and try to transform the world together. Um, and so a big part is just like, it's hard to find yeah. friends and, and people that really want to kind of move forward. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my, that's one, that's one thing. Uh, but there's, 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 many, many, many more. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different facets. And I think all those people that are watching and listening, I'm sure every single one of us can resonate with one where mm -hmm. it's like, we feel like, you know, as, as you were talking about, we're ranking five on the idea of, all right, this is what we need. Yeah. But the church in so many ways really is ranking on that one scale. Mm -hmm. They have that desire. And I think a lot of times their motivations are, are pure and right, yeah. but they just don't know where to start. And so yeah. there needs to be that pragmatism and that practicality to really figure out how do I bridge the gap? How do I create a connection with a community of single people and create that relationship? Yeah. 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 Now your, now your website, so the new yes. one that's launching, tell yes. us a little bit about, about it because it covers the idea of singleness and gives great resources. Yeah. No, um, thanks for asking. Um, so, you know, it's probably just like at the very beginning of the pandemic and as I often do, I'm just you know, I wake up and I'm lying in bed and thinking of all the different mm -hmm. ways I wish life was and the projects that I want to do. And I was like, okay, like I need to like to do something, you know? Yeah. And, and so long, long story short, you know, I came up with this idea of like alive, not alone as like, mm -hmm. let's focus on being alive mm -hmm. rather than being alone. Yeah. Um, because there's always like, like this, there's hope, right? There's this yeah. op always opportunity um, 
for us, I think, to partner and participate with God in, in flourishing. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the name came out of that emphasis of let's be alive, not alone. Um, and then also out of Genesis, where I was reflecting on it and going like, you know, like when, when God said Adam and Eve would die if they ate the, from the, the ate of the fruit of the knowledge of, of good and evil, mm-hmm. um, like they didn't physically die. Like what happened was this broken relationship, this separation. And as we know, shalom means, you know, perfect relationship with yep. God, others and self. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite of alive isn't being dead like physically the opposite of alive is actually being alone and it's like that concept like c.s lewis puts you know where like hell is just this place where you're all alone and all you care about is yourself and so i was like oh like that's that's what death is and 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 so this is why part of the pandemic is so hard is or this self-isolation is because like we're not meant to be disconnected from from people um, but also it's hard to like find more meaning in our work. Um, um, and so, and, and, and of course with God, I think they're all tied together. And so um, this website is, is designed to try to encourage people in particular singles um, towards a, a life of, of flourishing. So uh, my tagline is from Irenaeus, you know, uh, helping single people become fully alive for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And then I had for the life of the world, because I think yeah. when single people don't flourish, just like families and children, mm-hmm. everybody suffers, like our society suffers. Like um, it's not good for us to just try and survive life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for the first time, it's almost like, you know, as, as single people, I think it was very easy for us to, you know, form connections and form relationships and friendships before this pandemic. Mm. And right now, a lot of us are in the midst of feeling extremely alone. And, and as you were saying, that feeling of death, where yeah. it's an idea of, you know, the opposite of alive is, is alone. Yeah. Um, and what would it look like if singles were self-actualized? What would it look like if they actually were stepping into those leadership positions? And in a sense, all of us are waiting for that new normal. Yeah. What is this pandemic going to produce? Yeah. If all singleness use this time to actually, you know, be innovative and creative and build themselves up and have that emotional awareness, mm-hmm. what would it produce on the other end? Yeah. In my hope, I mean, I have a lot of hopes for what the new normal will be like, but I think for single people, one is like, I'm a big believer in communal living. Yeah. Um, like if I didn't have my roommate, like I would be <laughs> not just during the isolation, but even before, like mm. whenever I've had like a month or two living by myself, like my emotional well-being just, just, just tanks. Yeah. And then once I have a friend who loves Jesus and it's not like we're doing Bible study and praying all the time, but life is so much better. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like when, when people are struggling with their singleness and, and, you know, I have, you know, I, I have, it's not like I don't have those desires to be married too, but um, you know, often I think what we need is just someone to like say hi to in the morning and like yeah. watch a show at night mm-hmm. and then just be like, all right, good night. Like, yeah. and, and so I, I hope that out of this, like, single people that live alone will be like, you know, I, I, I need to maybe sacrifice some of like my like personal preferences mm. to like be in, put myself in situations or like living situations where then, you know, 
we we can be there for one another when things when things happen yeah uh, and not because we we self isolate even without this isolation when things aren't good and so um that's one hope is that single people would just feel more inclined to to be really be with other people yeah yeah and, and having that idea of intentional community where it's almost like as you were saying it's like that the companionship that we all need like just someone to check in on someone to yeah. you know when we're going through something even if it's just saying hi how are you texting someone a picture of a sunset that we see sharing yeah. an experience so that we don't feel like we're walking alone with pictures in our own mind that we're not sharing it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's very true. Now you talk a little bit about, you know, experiencing community and um, how that really feeds your soul. But a part of it is really knowing yourself and knowing your personality. Oh yeah. So how has that helped you? Um, I mean, I know you, you talk about Enneagram. So yeah, how has that really influenced your life and really feeding yourself healthy boundaries and healthy influences so that you yourself are fed to pour out? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a great question. I'm going to try my best to like answer like it to like 10%. Well, um, so, uh, I, I, I love the Enneagram. I'm at, I'm an Enneagram four. I'm not like afraid to like share that with people. Um, I experienced like, I, I didn't realize until the pandemic how much shame I, I experienced all the time. Now, I've actually been um, no, not not to to diminish people's pain and suffering in this, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I realized because I went out one time uh, for a bike ride on on a weekend in Vancouver. People, uh, when the sun's out, people are social distancing, but pe people are out. There's a lot of people out. Yeah. Um. Uh, but our numbers are very low. Like we're just like at like 30 people a day, like getting new cases. So um, we're, we're, we're doing well. Anyways, uh, no one judge me, please. Uh, <laughs> um, but when I was out, I realized how quick my brain was to start envying and like wanting a different life. I would just see anybody and go, man, their life is great. I, I just know it. And, yeah. and then I got back home and I was like, whoa, like one of the reasons why this isolation for me is good because one, I'm not on social media much, but then the second is I'm not just out in the world looking, seeing people just hang out at coffee shops, walk down the street, you know, going for a run and think, oh, their life must be perfect. Their life must be perfect. Mm. Um, and so that just helped me. I think that's preparing me to just for the future and going, okay, like, how are you not going to try and do that all the time? And how can you really practice gratitude? Mm. Um, knowing myself, I think I realized that in this pandemic, I need to like fight hard mm -hmm. to find more meaning in my life mm. now more than ever. So as a four, um, you know, I'm really gravitated towards self-expression and towards uh, thinking about th meaning and purpose mm -hmm. And so part of the reason starting this Alive Not Alone uh, blog website is because like I need it. Like yeah. I'm going to like kind of die if I don't have a place that I can um, express myself. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be public because I think that part of, I think we all like with this shame and we all have to figure out what we're ashamed about, but mm -hmm. shame is hiding. Like, that's what we see in the Bible. Like they, 
Adam and Eve hide. That's the first thing they do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, per, per, uh, I was reading Brene's Brown book, right? Like persona, personality comes from the word persona, which means yeah. mask in Greek. And so we all have these different masks. Mm-hmm. And part of, you know, really flourishing, as she says, is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, and in order to be vulnerable, you got to put down the mask and, and show up. Yeah. And, and yeah. To people. And so I was like, oh, like I got to, you know, put myself up, put my stuff out there. Like when I write, mm-hmm. not just for me, I enjoy the writing, but now I actually have to put it out there, which is the scariest thing for yes. me. I yeah. should have, I should have put my blog out like a couple weeks ago, mm. but I was like, oh, it's not ready yet. It's not perfect. And oh, what are people going to think? And I need to just go, you know what? Like who cares mm-hmm. what people think? Mm. Um, and to, to just show up. And so yeah. um, that's just how, you know, this, uh, you know, the idea of self-awareness has been, has been for me and just recognizing what gives me life um, mm-hmm. and what also like takes it away. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I love what you're talking about too, because I think, you know, that idea where it's almost like, you know, all of us wear a mask, but until we're self-aware, we don't realize that we're actually wearing one. Yeah. And I think so many times in this, in this life and every single person is, is guilty of it. Um, it's difficult to move forward. It's difficult to progress and get healthy unless we realize actually there's some parts of us that need to be addressed. It was uh, funny. I'm an, I'm an Enneagram three. Okay. And so my first reaction was how do I be productive during this time? Uh, period? Yes. And it was all about writing a list, having a goal, having, having a checklist that I could, that I could get, get rid of. And it was interesting when it was April and it was the first 30 days of hope, I felt wonderful because it was measurable. Then I felt guilty that I had to keep it up. I had to do it every single day. And I realized also too, wait a minute, my mask is pleasing others. It's Mm. being guilty because I'm worried about like pleasing them or appeasing what they need instead of worrying about my own burnout. And just that awareness helped me, okay, take a step back reevaluate and make sure that I was healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, like with this, you know, there's this, there's definitely an unhealthy, you know, script going around about mm-hmm. hey, be as productive as you can be during this time. Um, b- but I mean that there's another script that we're, we hear it's like, we'll just, just chill out and veg out. And depending on our personality really mm-hmm. helps us to know, which one should I kind of be listening to more? We're not called to like perform, perform, or to just watch Netflix all day. But the, 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 the meaning behind it, I guess, is, you know, is God calling me to, to do something in this time, which will be, you know, fruitful and lead us to flourishing? Um, Or may God be calling me to rest because Mm -hmm. I'm actually, you know, I've realized how hard I've been going um, you know, pre COVID. Yeah. And now this is an opportunity to, to seek silence and solitude. And mm-hmm. I think that's a common thing that people are saying now, this is like a forced monasticism, mm-hmm. um, like a forced time to just, it's you and it's God. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to like run to the desert and live in a cave to do that. Uh, but you have that opportunity. And so how are we going to try to experience God um, as best as we can? Yeah. This time. yeah. 
and really enjoy that, that time of solitude and figure out, okay, what, what is this time teaching us? You yeah. know, it's like, how can I learn from this experience? I, I, think, I think there's a beautiful part of understanding Enneagram and understanding your personality, because not only does it develop self-awareness, but it also develops empathy for those around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So just, just for the listeners out there and the watchers who have no idea what Enneagram is, can okay, you just yeah. tell us the basics of one yeah. through nine to give us a, a little bit of a glimpse of it? Okay. Um, so the Enneagram is a, is a personality framework. Mm. of the nine different ways of nine different ways in which human beings um, I say um, protect themselves from the brokenness of the world and also pursue the beauty of of the world of God Mm. of life and so uh, there are nine types and they're each characterized by a particular passion um the passion passion comes from the word uh, passio in Latin, meaning suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each type is characterized by a particular uh, way of suffering. But uh, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing, I would say. Um, so some Christians will say the word sin. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't like that word because then it just blankets it as this this bad thing. But mm-hmm. What I'm going to, as I go into it in a second, I'll show like how I think they're good. So yeah, um, like we'll start with the one. And so the one is called normally the reformer or the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I call them the benevolent judge because I think at their best, mm-hmm. they express God's desire for righteousness and holiness mm-hmm. and goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but their, their passion is anger mm-hmm. um, and, and but more of an anger at themselves and of, of, of sin and wrongdoing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but what that leads them to do is actually pursue holiness mm-hmm. to pursue the good things in the world. And so there's always a, a positive yeah. to, to this kind of sin or this negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two, the giver, the helper, I call them the humble servant. Um, theirs is uh, pride. Um, they pride and not that they think that they're better than people, but pride is in, they, they believe that everyone needs them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have the, the Messiah complex the most. They're not in the front out there kind of changing the world, but they're the ones who like, this person needs me. Like, mm-hmm. um, if I don't help them, then their life will suffer. And so they're each passion, um, separates us from God as well as from other people. Mm-hmm. So the two cannot fully depend on God because uh, they think that they have to do everything in replacement of God to help mm-hmm. this person. Yeah. But then also it's a codependent relationship mm-hmm. uh, with the other person. So uh, the three, um, the, the achiever, I think is Norma, the name, I call them the ambitious architect. They love to build things. They have this beautiful vision for what God's kingdom can be. And so you know, you, you just have all these ideas and like plans and they're good. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say like, Oh, you want to make God laugh, you know, have a plan, but you know, plans, plans aren't bad plans. Things like we look at like how God told the Israelites to build the temple. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of plans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Prepping before you paint the wall. Yeah. So, you know, there, there is this deceit though. Um, 
it's this this lying to themselves, lying to other people. Um, they they like to redefine things all the time, and so mm-hmm. they their their relationship with God, others, and themselves is damaged or hurt um, because they're not kind of truly being honest with mm-hmm. what's going on in their heart and also like in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I use sorry if this is too long. I use um yeah no go when, go for it. You're set. When when Clinton um you know was in front of everyone and said, you know, I did not have sexual relations. And then later on, it's like, oh, like, I didn't know, like, Mm. that, like, that's like a redefining, like, it was genuinely, like, genuinely thought he didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Until it was like, the the definition was presented. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, and so the threes help that redefining that deceit help threes just block out shame, block out guilt, and just kind of like go forward to like mm. get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's negatives and I think there's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the four, me, uh, the individualist, the romantic, I call them the uh, creative visionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got lots of dreams, kind of like the three, but they're more big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about beauty rather than productivity, productivity mm-hmm. or efficiency. And they're, uh, their passion is envy. This mm-hmm. recognition, not recognition, this constant thinking that life would be better if they had something. Or more specifically, that something is always missing. Mm-hmm. So that there's always something missing in, there's like, there's, I always feel that there's something missing in my life. Yeah. Like, yes, yes I ha- you know, I, Jesus filled the, the cross-shaped hole and, and I, I love Jesus but I just have a natural tendency to be like, oh, like something is missing. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's the four. And, and that just, you know, I'm not grateful for God. That's how it separates me from God. Mm. And then with other people, um, I'm kind of caught up in dreams rather than being able to be present and grateful for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five, um, the normally known as the investigator, I call, um, I call them the wise counselor. Um, their, their, um, passion is avarice or greed. Mm -hmm. So King Solomon, I think is typical five, right? The wisest person after Jesus. Uh, but with all that wisdom, he started wanting to collect and hoard Mm. all these, you know, wives and concubines and, and, and armies. Um, and then that ultimately led to, to kind of his downfall. And so, um, fives really uh, focus on a lack of resources. People are greedy because they just don't think that they have enough. It's always like, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And fives are hyper aware of that. And so it separates them from God because they don't believe God can provide enough or Mm -hmm. that they have enough as image bearers to, to do something Mm -hmm. um, in the world. And so they often hold back. Um, which doesn't allow them to flourish because God calls us out into the world. But if you never go out because you're afraid that you can't do it, then yeah. you're, you're, gonna, then you're always living with regrets instead of actually just risking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the five and, and their greed. And then six is uh, the loyalist. Okay. Um, I call them the, what do I call them? I think I just call them the, the, the wise loyalist or something. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm that but um uh they're just people that 
are hyper aware of danger mm -hmm. and of risks, and they try to prevent all risks from happening. So there's a good side to that, but then it also doesn't allow them to trust God um, and often not even trusting uh, other people, but mainly God. Uh, but what is good is that they go like stability is so important. So sixes are often really um, loyal to systems of, of thinking of faith of belief because mm -hmm. They like that knowledge that there's a, a longevity, a tradition, a stability to it. Um, but they're also very loyal to, to, uh, to friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my roommate just came in, so I'll just start my um, I'm just going to keep people on the call. Yeah, he's, I'm kind of in the middle of my room, so he can't really cross or anything. Um, seven is the enthusiast. Um, I call them the generous host. They're just so generous with their words and, and excitement. Like they're the person that you always want to tell like any sort of good news, big or small, they'll celebrate. celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but their, their sin, their passion is gluttony. It's mm -hmm. always wanting more of a good thing. Um, they don't want to acknowledge sadness in, in life, in the world. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a, there's a part that we can't fully experience God without like lamentation and crying out and being honest. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what kind of separates them. Uh, eight is the, um, I call them the uh, victorious warrior, the, you know, the Christus Victor, um, but they're normally known as the leader or the challenger. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is kind of the, the. Strong personality. Right. The yep. like, Every, every Enneagram person will, will point to him as the, mm. the, the best eight out there. And um, the eight passion is lust. Um, not like sexually, but um, just this proclivity to not know their boundaries and to just like not know when, to, when where the line mm. is. And so they just keep going. Like that's kind of what lust is like, not knowing where the line is to like stop. And so whether it's in work or, you know, confronting someone, you know, telling the employee what they did wrong, they, they, they don't know when to stop. Mm -mm. Um, but it helps them kind of move forward in life. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how that separates them from, from people and God. And then lastly, the nine classic known as the peacemaker, I call them the selfless reconciler. Um, like really like they're the, they're the lamb, mm -hmm. you know, they're the ones who give themselves up for yes. other people. Um, their passion is in the seven sins, it's called sloth. Mm. Um, in my organization, I've been taught to say, um, self forgetfulness, which I mm. actually really appreciate mm -hmm. It's that they have this natural tendency to forget who they are, to not think about who they are for the sake of other people. Mm -hmm. And that there's a really good thing to that, a beautiful thing, but God makes us individuals mm -hmm. and has a unique calling for us and if you just not think about yourself and forget yourself and always think about what other people want you're never really going to flourish because you you're not thinking about how god has made you mm -hmm. so th that that's that's that in, in in a summary yeah 
Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. I, that, yeah, no, no, it's great. It was, it was a very like vivid picture. And I think it was really helpful also too, because I think, you know, a lot of us are worrying about, okay, how, how do I actually deal with this pandemic? How do I actually approach this with my own personality? But also too, a lot of us have team members that are vastly different. How do I show empathy? How do I make sure that they are emotionally and spiritually and, and equipped to really fight this battle themselves? Um, so I think as leaders out there really was helpful to understand people because to me, the best leaders are ones that actually lean in and listen and it gives us the opportunity. So Ryan, this has been wonderful, but before we go, we have the last question and it is, how are you personally finding hope? How am I personally finding hope? I think, um, you know, things like this. You know, like to talk, you know, you, I think you reached out to me on like the first day of my vacation, right? Oh, I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm like the first day of my vac- like vacations, like I'm going to start working on my blog and like really like launch it so I can like help and support people. And then I just get a random message from you like the first day and go, huh, <laughs> like that's affirming. Yeah. And you know, I just, I keep talking to people and people like, yeah, like we really like, there needs to be something for for single people. And so I'm finding hope right now and going like, you know, like, I think God has called me to this, like in this time, um, to be a resource for single Christians. I mean, just people in general, like, I think ultimately we all have the same needs as human beings, but sometimes we do need to speak specifically about, single singles and and singleness um, and the particular issues um, that people face and so I'm just finding hope in in what the future has in store um, the connections that I'm going to make like our connection now like that's yeah. this great um, and yeah and just to see you know how are people going to focus on friendship and community in the future mm-hmm. um and 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 silence and solitude like i think yeah. we're learning we're experiencing a lot here and it's kind of like water like fire hydrant kind of just blast a water hose fire hose um but i think after it settles down we're going to be a lot more grounded mm-hmm. what really matters in life mm-hmm. and and i'm 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 looking forward to that yeah. Yeah. No, me too. It, it's been, as you were saying, it's, it's like that fire hydrant feel. It's a silence that I did not pray for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it wasn't, I would not even say that it was something that I needed because I thought I knew my personality. Yeah. But I think for me, it's been surprisingly life-giving that I never mm-hmm. thought. Um, it's been the silent retreat that I needed that was really thrust upon me in new ways. And I think it's this perfect opportunity to have awareness of self, um, but to just have awareness of others and see, see what happens from that. So, but Ryan, I really appreciate it. You've given us so much to look at and to really chew on. And I'm so excited to share all the links to your blogs um, and ways that people can get involved and really find support, especially those who are single during this time period. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you reaching out. Um, I've, I've said that a couple of times already, but I really appreciate you reaching out and just like honoring me with inviting me onto your show. And so thank you so much for this. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. And it was funny because we've been Facebook friends for a couple of months. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, I just got this, this kind of nudging in my spirit. I'm like, you need to contact Ryan today. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you, you got a lot of those fateful appointments. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for watching, everybody out there and listening. And again, thank you for joining us for 30 Days of Hope. This is your host, Dr. Colleen Batchelder. Join us for another dose of hope. <laughs>